Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, you can find us on the web at revivallife.church. We've been getting amazing testimonies. I'm going to start rolling some out next week from our online ministries, uh, people watching online, people online life groups, really neat miracles happening, um, just some really good stuff. Uh, this Friday, uh, Burning Room, Burning Room in here, Friday night, our own Duke Rample is going to be hosting it. It's going to be a good time in the Lord. We're going to experience the presence of Jesus. It's going to be a good time. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. God has been doing something good in here, right? I, um, what time do I got? Okay, I'm going to get you out of here on time today. No, uh, no, no, uh, just wandering. I, I got a simple message. Wow. Uh, we had a just um, we we had just an amazing time in the Lord last week. Uh, the, the Spirit of God came at the end of second. So I mean, He was here all service, right? But like both services, you remember, yeah? Yeah. yeah. You're here, right? I mean, yeah. Online, give me a clap in the in the in the comments there. Say what's up in the comments. Good to see you. But God came and touched some people in a significant way. Um, I'm going to have them share a testimony soon. Um, and we're just expecting the same today. You say amen? All right. But I need you to be awake, uh, and I need you to be in, in encouraging for me, and I need you to be engaged, all right? Amen. Awake, encouraged, and engaged. Let's be a part of the service. <clears throat> I got a simple message. Thank you, whoever gave me the second yeah. Linda, thank you. If you're online, we love you. I, I, um, I, I have a... Um, the Lord, Lord gave me a simple message today, and I just feel like Holy Spirit is going to uh, invade. Um, he told me uh, to tell you we need to get our heart right. Get your heart right. That, that, that's, 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 this is what he's been talking about. Get your heart right. In salvation with Jesus Christ, we encounter God. We, we, it it is, is an experience that we have with God. Salvation is an open door to the living God where we encounter His grace. He awakens our spirit. And this work of God has come to renew us, to be able to hear and understand the living God. You see, at sin, uh, at the fall of man, there comes this separation uh, between our mind and our heart. And Jesus comes to awaken our mind, but he does it through our heart. He does it through experience. He does it through a renewal of our spirit. And the whole goal of, of salvation is to bring our mind in line with the heart of Jesus that he's given us at salvation. He has not come to awaken our mind. He's come to awaken our heart. And through this awakened heart, we can have the renewing of the mind by reading the word of God. But we don't get that renewing if we don't understand the heart of God. This is the point I want to make today, and I'm going to kind of hit it three different ways. And I believe if we'll grasp it, we'll understand why um, some things have looked a little crazy in the church recently. And it's just because you need to get your heart right. People just need to get their heart right. Jeremiah chapter one, <clears throat> verse 10. I've heard this verse preached a lot out of context, but the Lord says to Jeremiah, see, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up to break down, to destroy, and to overthrow, to build, and to plant. Let me read that one more time. He says, see, I have appointed you this day 
over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up, to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. You know, when I came into Christ, uh, I, I experienced God in a significant way. I started experiencing him in very supernatural ways. And I gravitated towards teachings and scriptures like this without getting my heart right. And since my heart wasn't right, my mind wasn't right. And when you read these scriptures through a mind that has not been transformed by the love of God coming from your heart, you start thinking that God wants us to actually overthrow nations. We say things like, we're going to take over this town for Christ. We're going to invade for Jesus. And then you start thinking things like the Crusades are good, you know. Um, let, me, let me give a couple things really quick. As we, as we read the Old Testament, it's super important that we understand that we are not people living in the Old Testament. That's, that's radical right there, right? That's, that's radical knowledge. People say like, well, the Word of God is the Word of God. Absolutely, the Word of God is the Word of God, but if you didn't go wait in Jerusalem for the Spirit, then you will admit to me that we have to understand and apply the Word to our lives. Right? Uh, because it says more times in the Scripture to wait in Jerusalem for the promise than it does to take over nations, right? Uh, and so uh, it's important to understand that our mind and our hearts are right as we read the Scriptures, um, uh, that we read them in context with God's plan for the earth, I, I have talked to people uh, recently, and I guess this is going to be more of a family talk today, but I've talked to people who, who, who quote what they're doing based on what Elijah uh, was called to do or what David was called to do and Moses was called to do. And I have to have these uncom uncomfortable conversations where I have to say, you know you're not Elijah, right? I mean, you, you do understand that you're not Elijah. But we're called to the Elijah anointing. Yeah, the Elijah anointing is God. That's the Spirit of God. Yes, we have the Elijah anointing, yet I am not. I mean, have you killed a couple thousand people with a jawbone? Like, I haven't. And I don't want to. But God called Isaiah. Did you read all that Isaiah did? We can't pick and choose. We can't just, like, dance through covenants doing hopscotch, thinking about what parts we want to fulfill that make us feel like we're in charge of stuff. You've got to get your mind right. You've got to get your mind right. But the principles in the Old Testament are valid today if we view them through Christ. And it's important that as we, um, as we fulfill the call of God in our lives, that we pull down the kingdoms, the spiritual kingdoms that we're called to pull down, first and primarily in our own hearts and our own lives. The, the, the renewed mind of the Christian is unstoppable. It is unstoppable, but we don't get our own mind right. We try to get everybody else's mind right so they can line up with our mind. And God never called us to do that. Jesus said, you know, hey, hey, how do you you can't change anybody. People can only change when their mind is renewed and we renew minds with the teaching of the word. So all we can do is teach people the word who is Jesus. And as we teach them about Jesus, their mind can re be renewed and then they can choose to change. Instead of us telling people, if you just do this, then you will be right with God. If you just vote this way or you just love that thing or you just if you just do, you just become a robot like me, then God will love you. And, and that's pretty far from what Jesus called us to do. He's amen. <clears throat> See, old things, when you come into Christ, old things have passed away. All things 
have become new. See, when I got, when I got married um, to Tracy, I had some new things. And my wife had decided some old things need to pass away now. As a bachelor, I wore clothes that she's like, you're not wearing that anymore. Right? This wasn't controlling. This was like, you make me look bad when you wear shorts with holes in them. Right? Like, it's time for old things. Amen. It's time for old things to pass away. I should have held on to them because people pay a lot of money for those now. Back then, your clothes had to look new. Now, we pay money to make them look old. They're like, oh, look at you, them new pants. You need to get some old pants like us. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know the kids exactly today, uh, as I see more knees right now than I ever did before. Um, my wife had decided, though, that old things uh, have passed away. All things have become new. And what God does, he opens our hearts to understand that this old covenant scripture has now empowered us to bless others. That, that, that is the power of the Old Covenant Scripture, that we see God's nature in how God wanted us to live in a life of community, and we can now parlay that with our understanding of the New Covenant, hallelujah, to partake with the grace of God to bless other people. I, 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 don't, I, feel, the, I feel the presence of God, and I'm enjoying myself here. And I'm going to teach you out of the, out of the Old Covenant here, kind of give an example of what this looks like. So if, if, <clears throat> if our hearts are not right, then we'll use God's instruction as judgment. We'll treat his blessings as a reward and we'll use his grace as a weapon. If our heart is not right, his instructions become a judgment, his blessings become a reward, and grace becomes a weapon. This is what happens when we don't view, when we don't get our mind right to line up with the heart of God. This, this is what it looks like. And I want to inoculate you from the poison of dead religion that manifests judgment, self-righteousness, and aggression. That, that's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what dead religion does. It does not impart the grace of God. It does not empower people to live above. It does not, um, we have not un, uh, plucked up old mindsets. Uh, we actually empower them with God's name. Uh, and this is what, wow, this is what we want to do in our lives. So maybe today you are going to learn how to encounter the grace, wow, grace of God in a greater way in your life. <clears throat> Shake off maybe, uh, tear down a little old religion in your life. Or uh, I pray that you will come across somebody this week who is bound in religion and you can set them free in Christ. That, that, that's what we want, right? <clears throat> now, um, what runs the world today is dead religion. It, 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 the Bible calls it the spirit of this age. The spirit of this age. It is thinking that if I do a certain thing, then things get better because of me. Right? This is, this is dead religion. We're called to receive the Holy Ghost, reject the spirit of this age, and offer God's forgiveness to the world. That this is what we're to give away. We're to give away God's forgiveness, <clears throat> not God's judgment, not His bitterness, not His wrath, not looking to Old Testament examples to justify our prejudices, our, our, our self-righteousness. Uh, you know, and, and, and if, I, if I look at the world today <clears throat> through a Christian, popular Christian lens, 
Um, the prejudice is, and you might think race, but there's a billion more. Um, there is a prejudice in the, the evangelical charismatic church today against people who have not made themselves wealthy. The, the prosperity message has become such that if you have wealth, it's because you did things right. And the people who don't have wealth, it's because there's something wrong with them. Where the scripture says it is the Lord who gives us the power to make wealth. And if you have managed to parlay your abilities into wealth, God should get the glory. Uh, and, and if you have not, and if someone hasn't, we don't, we don't then say there's something wrong with them to not get enough God. <clears throat> you, know why, you know why people are poor? It's because they don't have money. And you might say, well, no matter how much money I give them, they'd still be poor. Okay. But the reason they're poor is because they don't have money. Um, and when we try to get deeper psychological or judgment or character issues, we've just moved into the role of judgment, which God has not called us to live in, even if it's true. And therein is the crazy part. <clears throat> it, it, even if it's true, we're not allowed to judge people. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> but pastor, they've had, you know, generations of having kids and they're poor and uh -huh. they're not looking for a job. Yep. And, and what does that tell you about them other than they were made in the image of God? Like, tell me what more that means about them. This is super important for us to get right. This is super important. I mean, we have to view this as Christians. And as Christians, in, in, in other branches of the church, um, I was having a conversation with a beautiful Christian brother um, and who loves people, loves God. And he was having a conversation with me about why more professional athletes, like why do we have so many people uh, in the minority community in poverty when so many professional athletes are making so much money? And I, and I just gently said, you know, those people in poverty are our brothers and sisters, too. Why do black athletes have an obligation to poor people that white rich people don't? And he was a white guy, and he, he didn't even see. He didn't even, like, he, like and he was like, oh, my gosh. I, di I didn't even see. Like, you understand, like, we, we, we set up these, these, these boxes that God never created, right? Like, God, God just told us, like, am I only supposed to support Italian poor people? Like, I don't think so. Um, does this make sense? No, like, no. That, that we're called to help people. Not, not have them fill out an ethnic identity before we help them and make sure that we think they're qualified. Uh, Mike, Mike Rentler, if you talk to him long enough, he's going to harass you to come and feed the poor. Period. And he doesn't care what race you are or what race they are. He wants to get food and empty bellies. Let's fill the bellies, right? Fill them bellies. That's, that ought to be the name of the ministry right there. Fill them bellies. Fill the belly. <clears throat> but if we, if we go according to the spirit of the age, we start categorizing people. And we start thinking that people deserve what they're getting and deserve what they're not getting. Let me break this down really quick. And I hope you just stick with me. Kind of stay engaged right here because I think God is going to set us free from some stuff. I just want to teach you very quickly kind of how to look through the Old Testament through what we are supposed to be doing today. I hope you got a sharp pencil. i got a lot of notes to give you. Okay, the first thing I said, if our hearts are not right, his instructions become a judgment. If our heart's not right, his instructions 
become judgment. Um, okay, we all remember, uh, the, you heard God tops 10 list, right? Call it the Ten Commandments, right? You've heard of that, yes? We've Moses, tablets. Okay, so he had these Ten Commandments, and um, we are not bound to the Ten Commandments, right? Like, that is not a law for you and I. However, I would say it's probably good to follow them. Would you agree? It's, it's probably good to follow them, but that is not a law for you and I. So how do we look at these Ten Commandments and all the ones that come after it if it was not written to us? Let, let, let's be clear. There were a lot of people on the planet at that time, and it wasn't written to them either. It was only written to God's people, Israel, the Jews at that moment. Right? That was their law. The rest of the earth was not going to be judged by not following that law when that law was relevant. Okay, hear me. <clears throat> and so, what, 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 how do we look at these Ten Commandments now? See, when we look at the Scriptures, we have to view them through the fact that Jesus Christ fulfilled the law and that the law was there to protect us until Jesus came. Right? So that means Jesus come, that means they shift. So do we just throw out the Old Testament? No, certainly not. So how do we look at this? Well, we have to look at the Old Testament Scriptures through the eyes of grace through the eyes, understanding that we have a God who loves us and actually wants the best for us. Now, we have to renew our heart so we understand the best for us is not necessarily what the spirit of this age says is the best for us. We can't judge what's the best for us through the revelation of the spirit of the age. We have to view what's best for us through the spirit of Christ. Okay, you're with me, right? Okay, so if we look at the Ten Commandments, let's start looking at them through the Spirit of God uh, with the heart that God loves us. So let's take the first three for example. Uh, commandment number one, put God first. Okay. Number two, no fake gods. You can't worship anyone else. You can only worship God. Right? We can't let anyone else identify us as being their follower. We can't let Anybody else, it's not God and country. It's not, it's not God and Chevy trucks. It's not God and music, right? It's God. Let God be God and every man be a liar, right? We have God as number one in our life. That means when we go out and we get the conviction of the Holy Spirit, like, yeah, you know you shouldn't be going there. We don't say, yeah, but. That's God and. Yeah, but means God and. All right? So if God says no, it's no. Right? We put God first. And we have no fake gods. God has not ordained any other God in our life. Right? Put God first. No fake gods. Don't lie on God. See, now, when, I don't know how you grew up, but in my neighborhood, when you would say something about someone and they didn't say, you say, don't lie on me. Right? They say, oh, someone, oh, but she said that you would do that. Don't lie on me. Don't you lie on me. Like saying, I said, I said something I didn't say. Don't lie on me. Commandment number three, don't lie on God. Don't say God, don't use his name that he said something that he didn't say it. Don't put the God stamp on what you want. <laughs> that is called blaspheme. It, it's not blaspheme to use a curse word. It's blaspheme to say God said something he didn't say. That's literally blaspheme. I mean, that's literally what it is. And we've kind of lost the revelation of this in our modern prophetic culture. You blaspheme God. 
Oh, well, God, God said it's okay for me to do this. He never said no such thing. How do you know? Because I know God. It's out of his nature. It's out of his character. Well, God told me I should get a divorce if I'm unhappy. Don't lie on God. He didn't say that. Don't lie on God. God said that. No, he, he didn't say no such thing. And so I, what's funny is I've been kind of clearing out my social media. It takes forever on some things. But um, I saw a, a series of posts that I made 10 years ago, 10 years ago, calling out false prophets about a natural disaster that just happened, that this tornado was judgment on whatever. And I'm like, God never said no such thing. And they're like, well, how would you know? Because I've met him. You need to stop lying on God. Amen. Quit lying on God. Okay, so no, put God first. No fake gods. Wow, don't lie on God, right? Number four. Prove you trust God by resting. Keep the Sabbath day holy. What does that mean? That mean we're not supposed to do anything on Saturday? Well, no, we're not under that law. But there's a point to this law. And this law was, hey, if you think, if you, if you get the order of put God first and you think that you're in charge of everything, you'll never rest. And that will be unhealthy. If you really trust God, you won't have to work day and night. You'll actually rest. You won't have to manipulate situations. You won't have to be in the right click. You won't have to twist your words to get people to accept you. You just rest and know that he's God. And you will prove that you trust God by not letting the circumstances freak you out. No judgment if you deal with anxiety. That's, that's not the point there. But if you really trust God, you won't have to be in control of everything. And you'll sit back and let him be God. That makes way more sense than keep the Sabbath day holy. If you really trust God, prove it by resting. Five. Next one. Be healthy in family. Oh, this says to honor your father and mother. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean never disagree with someone who's your parent? You mean you're supposed to be like your seven forever? No, but that means you protect the family. You honor the father and mother. You honor what came before you. You honor the sacrifices that were made that got you to where you are right now. Don't you think that you did this on your own? That you somehow raised yourself and you taught yourself how to talk and you paid for your own food through your childhood and that you've somehow earned where you've gotten right now. You need to keep your relationships right, understanding that it is your family that got you to where you are right now. Good, bad, or indifferent, you didn't get here on your own. You need to honor your father and mother. Don't let pride run out there and think that you, you became something you're not. That makes sense. Stay humble in your family. The next ones, ready? Watch this. Now he's telling us, be somebody. First, we talked about God. Talk about family. And then he says, be someone people trust in the community. Number seven, in your marriage. Some people think the seventh commandment's about sex. It's got nothing to do with sex. It includes sex. But if you just say, you know, I've been a great, I've been a great, if someone came to you and said, I've been a great wife, I never had sex with anybody else. Well, I, don't, I don't know that that's the measure. Like, I've been a great husband, I've never had sex with anyone else. That's, that's not, I mean, that's, that's basement level. What do you mean, honey? If, what are you talking about? I don't treat you well. I never had sex with anyone else. Like, wait a minute. No, no. Can you be trusted in your marriage? Okay, watch this. Number eight, be someone people trust with their stuff. Because you're not going to steal it. 
Be someone people trust in personal relationships. I believe what you're telling me. Number 10, watch this. Relationships over stuff. People over stuff. Don't covet. Don't covet someone's stuff to the point that it's wrecking your relationships because you want what they have so bad. Don't be coveting. What does that mean? Don't have a desire in your heart? No, 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 no. We've seen all throughout Scripture, God, God loves to bless us, but He wants us to protect relationships and let Him bring the blessing, not destroy relationships to get what other people got. If you want to see a, a, the, the ugliest example of this being perverted, you just hang out with middle school girls. Middle school girls have no grid of protecting relationship over status. Any, any women know what I'm talking about? They will turn on each other in a second, lie about it, and continue to smile, right? Like the, the, protecting the group means nothing. They will, they, will, they, will, they will ruin each other just to look cooler for one day. That is true, is it not? Relationships over stuff. Hallelujah. This is, this is, okay, so if this is a paradigm of how we look at the Ten Commandments, this is how we're supposed to apply the Word of God for our lives. This, this, this is who Jesus empowered you to be when He gave you the Spirit. When you got the Spirit of God on the inside of you, just, you just know that this is right. This is the way you're supposed to live. This is what the Holy Ghost is doing on the inside of you. You see, today, it's easy to call yourself a Christian it's hard to be a follower of Jesus because that's going to cost something. It doesn't cost anything but a piece of jewelry to call yourself a Christian, but to actually be a follower of Jesus means in the seventh, eighth grade, I may not have as many people got me on the inside, but I got the Holy Ghost on the inside, right? Like, 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 like I may not be what the world says is successful, but in the kingdom of heaven, I am quite successful. You see, when we start becoming a follower of Jesus, the spirit of this age is going to rise up all of its followers against you and tell you that you are wrong. You're the one causing problems. You're the one who doesn't know how to get along. This is why you're not being successful because they want you to follow their paradigm of success. It's going to cost you because this is who you become. When your dreams, when your dreams of yourself start to look like becoming a Ten Commandment kind of person, there's nothing that will be impossible for you. There's nothing that will be impossible for you because this is what God said. This is what I want my people to look like. I want my people to have integrity no matter what false God or false teaching comes against them. And God said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the Spirit of God on the inside of you. The very God who wrote these commandments lives on the inside of you. The God who put you together out of the dirt and breathed into you is the God that when He breathed into you now, He's actually following His breath on the inside of you. Living. That Ten Commandment God is living on the inside of you. Empowering you to make these decisions as you live life. And you don't say, oh wow, that they're going to put me out. You're like, man, I those people are out. I, I'm the one who's in. They're all out. Let God be for me and every person be a lie, right? Like I am the one in the majority because I am agreeing with God. It does not matter if the world has life in a different 
perspective. You see, we are people of the spirit. And when we are spirit led, we're going to look different than the spirit of this age. And that's that that is that's the truth about who we are. Christian history is a tradition of God revealing himself to a person's heart, confirming the truth told through the saints before us and given in such a way to bear witness that Jesus Christ actually is alive. He's alive right now. I don't have to manipulate. Wow. Wow. Manipulate him to get him into my paradigm. But people, they twist these teachings. They twist these teachings. And when they read the scriptures, they use this revelation as judgment. Instead of a means of grace, anything God has called you to do, he will empower you to do. Whatever God has called you to go out and do, that means the Spirit of God is waiting for you on that journey to empower you to fulfill that call. He has not left you or forsaken you. He's not left you alone. He's like, man, here's what I want you to do with me. It's always with me. He never leaves you alone. He never leaves you or forsake you. He's always waiting to empower you for that new call. All right, here I go. I'm I'm, I'm bringing it to an end. Watch out. If our heart is not right, his instructions become judgment. If our heart is not right, blessings become a reward. The truth is God is a, a very good God. He's a very good father. And you never could earn any reward he ever gave you. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And if you can't earn salvation, what can you earn? Everything that God gives us is lesser than salvation. And if you couldn't earn that, we can't earn everything. You see, God always desired to be dad. He always desired to be father. In the scriptures, it's so clear that every time he uses the word, he translates it. Our spirit cries out, Abba, Father. Just, he's like, don't get it twisted who I am in your life. I'm, 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 not, I'm not the judge standing over you, waiting to correct you. I'm not the one giving rules. I'm not, I'm not the mysterious thing that you can't really get and understand, that I'm just some mysterious force out there. You know, Whether you had a good dad or a bad dad, you know who your dad is. There's not a mystery. Well, for most of us, right? It's not a mystery. And God is like, no, 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 I'm father for you. I want you to understand I'm father. And when I give you the family business, I'm going to give you the keys to run it. I'm going to give you the instruction manual. I'm going to give you the customer list. I'm giving you the suppliers. I'm, I'm, I'm setting you up to run this thing well. <clears throat> See, Holy Spirit came to give us something better than we can make on our own. Romans chapter 8, write this down, you can read it later. He says, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. If following God makes you fearful, if you're terrified, you're not getting it right. The spirit of the age is mixed in there somewhere. That's dead religion. That's not life in Christ. To make you a slave again to fear. But you receive the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Hear me, friend. If you are worried at all about whether or not 
God still calls you a child. If he's pleased with you. The Bible says you can only call him Father. You can only call him God. You can only call Jesus Christ Lord by the Spirit. And if you can say in your heart right now, Jesus Christ is Lord, he has not left you. He's not forsaken you. He's not turned you over to something else. He's actually with you right now. Let that be the foundation of your faith. Not a fear of earning his gift of love. I hope, I, hope I, I hope we're tearing down some things this morning. And like I said earlier, so many people will say, well, look, it says right here in Leviticus, you have to do that. It says right here in Deuteronomy, you have to do that. Galatians chapter 3. Let's let Paul interpret the Old Testament for us, shall we? Therefore, the law has become our tutor, our instructor to lead us to Christ so that we may be justified by faith. The law had a purpose. But once Jesus came, its purpose was completed. It, it, it has, he has fulfilled the law because its purpose was to point us to Christ. And once you've received Jesus Christ, you don't, you don't need rules to tell you what to do right. Like, I don't need a guardrail on the side of the highway so that I, I won't, you know, drive off into a ditch. I'm like, I'm glad it's there just in case, but I don't just drive along blindly until I hit a guardrail. I don't just swerve into the left lane saying, well, I haven't hit a guardrail guard, guard yet. This must be okay. No, you're like, hey, you shouldn't need a guardrail. And the law was a guardrail until we met Jesus. And so you drive on roads and there's just lines. Because they trust you're going to stay on the road, right? In roads, you're going a little faster. It's easier to make a stake. They'll put those little bumpy to bump things, right? So if you hit the little bump you're like, oh, warning lights, warning lights. And when it's really dangerous, you got a guardrail. But if you're at the place of a guardrail, things have lost control at that point. So if you find yourself and you look at the Ten Commandments and you're living a way that the Ten Commandments are not being applicable anymore, you've hit the guardrail. If you need a commandment to tell you not to kill people or cheat on your wife, you're over at the guardrail. Right? The bumpity bump is that you're, you're thinking angry things in your heart towards people and you're lusting over someone other than your spouse. Just live in life is what he prefers, right in between the lines. Amen? All right, I hope you're with me here. Come on. Last thing, when your heart's not right, grace becomes a weapon. Grace becomes a weapon. Specifically, the grace that you received somehow becomes a weapon to condemn other people. The grace that you receive somehow qualifies you to receive more love than the person you're talking to. That you have more liberties than the other person. That you somehow are better because you have grace and they somehow are under judgment because they have not received the grace. You put other people into paradigms that make them measure up in a way that you never had to. And again... Uh, Jesus talked a little bit about this. Let's, let's think about what Jesus said. I, I wrote this out of a contemporary English version because I think it's a little more clear. Matthew chapter 23, we're going to quote Jesus here. Talking to the Pharisees, he says, you Pharisees and teachers of the law, excuse me, teachers of the law of Moses are in for trouble. Now, you know when Jesus tells you you're in for trouble, that's a bad sign. Jesus never got a prophecy wrong, right? He didn't need a YouTube channel to explain that he wasn't really wrong. Like he was always right. Are you with me? Are you with me? You Pharisees and teachers of the law of Moses are in for trouble. You are nothing but show-offs. You travel over land and sea to win one follower. And when you've done so, 
you make that person twice as fit for hell as you are. That is not a word you want from Jesus. That's a bad word. That's like, wow. Wow. But you see the loudest voices Jesus is talking to right now. The loudest voices in our country sound just like this. They're in judgment and they're creating disciples who are in judgment. Don't, 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 don't worry about how big the crowd is that doesn't go with God. You stick with grace. Amen. You stick with grace. I don't care how many people they got on their side. Jesus, Jesus came to set us free from that nonsense. Stand with me if you would. I'm, I'm going to bring it to a close. Otherwise, I'll just keep talking. Galatians chapter 5. Let's remember this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Hallelujah. 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 Ha. Listen, ha. I want to encourage you today. You have to actively reject the spirit of the age. He has, in fact, appointed you this day over nations and kingdoms to pluck up and break down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build and to plant. This is what he has called us to do. How do we do that, Pastor? Through love. This is the big plan of God. You love the hurting person. You love the person away from God. You love the person that the church is using their power to judge. You love the person that the church is using their grace to bludgeon. You love the people who deserve it the least. Because that's what Jesus did for us. This requires us bridging that gap between our heart and our mind. Like we say, put your money where your mouth is. It's super easy to talk about these things out there in the virtual. In, in like, oh, it's a good theory, but we can't really put it in the practice. No, actually, the commandment tells us to prove our trust in God by resting in His Word. And if He said the way that we're going to win the world is by turning the other cheek, then I'm here to tell you God's Word is true. If he said that we're to be like him and, and love and do not curse, his word is true. And let me say this. I feel the spirit of God on my heart right now. If God says that you're his, you're his. Period. If he said that you were created in his image, you are created in his image. If he said that he put his spirit on the inside of you so you could live free, guess what? It is there and you can live free. All it's going to cost is yourself. All it's going to cost is how you look. All it's going to cost is your reputation. All it's going to cost is feeling that someone might be getting over on you. And the Lord asks, is that a price you're willing to pay to be free? I know some of you are just, just one decision away from freedom. There's one idol in your heart and you just surrender that. Maybe it's your self-image. Maybe it's what the crowd is going to say. Maybe it's being cool. Maybe it's getting money. Maybe it's being successful in other people's eyes. But there is a price to pay because we all were born into this age and the spirit of the age is warring against the spirit of God in our lives. Dead religion wants to steal every word that God has spoken into your hearts and we have to make a conscious decision. I am going with God. I tell you what, the payoff is amazing. The payoff is greater than anything that you could Imagine the payoff is that the spirit of God lives in you and you get to spread the kingdom of God here on earth. 
Hallelujah. I want you to reject the spirit of this age and be the unusual one in Jesus. Receive the Holy Ghost and be transformed. Listen, we're going to dream again in this house. And we're, we're dreaming again because we're going to do it different this time individually. We're going to dig up those old dreams and look at it again through the life of Christ and say, wait a minute, I thought this meant that, but that clearly was an Old Testament prophecy. Let me look at this again through the eyes of grace. What would it mean? What would it mean to do this? What would it mean to accomplish that? Hallelujah. Come on, just pray in the Spirit if you would. Most people, uh, if you go to the grave and you've had an amazing impact on five people, you've done more than most. And before you cast dreams for stadiums, let's, let's cast a dream for a living room. Right? Like that, that's where it starts. It, Jesus said, okay, I understand you want to travel the world. Okay, let's start our travel with the house next to yours. The person who sits next to you in class, just telling them, you know, you don't have to live this way. You don't have to feel ashamed. Come on. Turn up that music a little bit if you would, Valentino. Thank you, sir. I feel the Spirit of God moving. I just want to wait one moment as we've been learning to wait on Him and allow Him, ha, wow, to birth some dreams. Wow. Ha. Come on. Come on. And I just, I just, um, wow. Let the Spirit of God work in your heart right now in honoring your father and mother. Obey. That's the, I didn't use the word obey. I said honor. Huh. Wow, I just feel something on this right here. Maybe your parents messed it up pretty bad. You didn't get here on your own. They kept you alive for a number of years. And that has to mean something. Shekaba. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Just wait one second. I'm, I'm, I, this might be uncomfortable for you, but I just want you to... Us in the Protestant church, we have not done well like the Orthodox or other church traditions and just being silent and letting God speak for a moment. And so in this place of silence, whether you're online, whether you're here in the service, allow God to speak to your heart. Where does there need to be honor where there hasn't been honor? Where do relationships need to be built that have been destroyed? Let me say it this way. Where are you called to be a bridge between God's grace and where someone else is? That's our job. Wow. Let me pray for you. Go ahead and um, position yourself to receive. Maybe put out your hands. Maybe you just stand there with your hands in your pocket. Whatever, whatever, in, wow, whatever means for you. I want you to, in faith just to receive from the Lord. I'm going to pray, but I want you to receive from the Lord. Father, wow, 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 wow. Father, bridge that gap between our hearts and our minds. You are not one God of our heart and a different God of our mind. We don't want dead religion. We don't want that to come and steal our act of faith. I'm not here to promote religion, Lord. We're here to live a life in you and bless and not curse. Wow. Father, I would pray right now in the name of Jesus. Pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would, wow, 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 that you would pour out your spirit. 
Wow. And we just declare freedom right now in the name of Jesus. If there's any sickness in your body, go ahead and put your hand where there's any sickness. If there's an affliction in your mind, just ask God what you need to die to. What's the trade-off for wholeness in your life? Is it success? Is it acceptance? Is it... It's not earning. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an obstacle. We just release right now. We release right now the offenses of our heart and the bitterness of our soul. We ask You, come, Lord Jesus. Come. Thank You. Hallelujah. Come on. Ah, man, that was so good. Do you feel encouraged? You feel challenged? Man, I know I do. Let's just take it down to the nuts and bolts, right? Following Jesus, man, it's... We can overcomplicate it sometimes, and we start to mix our, our theology with what success looks like in the world. And I, I, I just come back to this in and, and Matthew 5, 8, when Jesus is blessed with a pure in heart for they shall see God. And I just get, I just get to that place where I'm like, man, Jesus, I just want to see you. I just want to follow, follow you. I just want to know you. I just want you, God. I just want you. And, and Pastor Carl gave us, man, tools to do that this morning. Not to go earn purity in heart, not to go create some kind of litmus test that we have to accomplish. It's just, Jesus, I just give you my heart. It's, it's by faith. We've been saved. Amen. Come on, let's just give it up for Jesus one more time this morning. Give up for Pastor Carl one more time. Awesome word. We love you guys. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. Just a quick reminder, this Friday we have burning room. So if you can't come, which you can if you'd like to, we'd love to have you. But if you can't, join us online. If you haven't yet, sign up for Life Group. We still have openings in Life Group. So do that. And we love you. And we'll see you guys next week. Go ahead and fellowship outside. God bless you guys. You need prayer. If you need